101 Whew. episodes, Dalmatians, <laughs> percent given in just about everything that we do. Yeah, obviously. Man. Except it's... for Lost in Translation for some of us. Yeah, freaking bullshit film that is. But <laughs> I'm, does it feel like I feel rejuvenated? I feel, you know, I don't know. I, I just, not that I was feeling unjuvenated. No, uh, I will. I but, hope not. But it, do you know what I mean? It just feels like, I don't know. It feels like finishing the first year of post-secondary where you've still got a right. bunch more to go. Right. Oh, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, just what a milestone. Hmm. I you see. Know. I'm I'm getting like a double. It's kind of like a two for one kind of gust of wind in our sails. So yeah, it's cool that yeah we're we're past 100. This this is you know like the the next season. The, you know this is season two, but also and specifically for what we're recording today, again we're we're into the James Bond films. That sure James Bond isn't Shakespeare. But we're into the James Bond films that are, you know, enjoyable to watch, aren't painful to watch, aren't with Roger Moore. Like, everything about what we're doing now, season two, better James Bond films, this is fun. I'm energetic. There, yeah, there was, a, there was a significant chunk of time there where the James Bond films, you know, you'd, you'd sit and you'd be watching a James Bond film. And then all of a sudden you got this sort of overwhelming feeling, which is not too dissimilar to the feeling that you have when you think to yourself, was that chicken cooked properly? <laughs> Just sort of like a turning in your stomach, maybe some lower gastral distress type, you know. <laughs> just, just badness all around but we're mm -hmm. out of that oh yeah we're, we're into yes. the you know the pierce brosnan at least for us i mean all film and the 007 series is no exception to this but all film is subjective um but i think i can say for the most part uh that i speak for both of us when I say that the Pierce Brosnan films have kind of had sort of a pepto-bismo effect for us <laughs> um you know, we're keeping the chicken down now. You know, so here's confident. the thing. I'm I'm going to build on your your metaphor a little bit more. I agree. You spoke for both of us. Couldn't agree more. And I think I think it's kind of like the analogy of, you know, when when you eat raw or you know chicken that you're not sure if it was cooked, and say if it was either not cooked chicken or maybe it was like leftover chicken that it was in your fridge and you weren't sure like is it still good or not. You ate it. You go should not have eaten that and you're kind of feeling queasy as a result but you know there's a bit of a silver lining that you're like hey at least that's you know you know maybe i'm puking my brains out but at least that's one less thing i have to do i don't have to clean the fridge when i'm done later that you know that's one less thing kind of when we watched all these 702 bond films you know the end credits would roll by and it's like well i mean we're we're one closer to being not crappy so that that's good so I, I got to tell you, normally I track with you pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this whole metaphor just became convoluted as shit, and I don't, <laughs> I don't know what's <laughs> happening anymore. But anyways, no, 007. Uh, if this is your first time listening to a 007 episode from us, uh, we're on a mission, ironically. Conveniently. We are on a mission uh, to discover the quintessential... 007 film, uh, all 27, including No Time to Die and the non-Eon 007 films. Um, yeah, we watch each film. We rank them based on s eight categories, eight categories on a scale of zero to 10. Uh, and then we take all of those scores, we average them out, and that gives us a score for the film. We're not necessarily looking for our favorite 007 film. We're just looking for the, if you can only watch one, uh, which one should it be, right? If there's only if there's only one 007 film you can stick in a 2,000-year time capsule, which should, you know, don't, I, on second thought, don't, don't take up any room in the time capsule yeah. with 007. But... You know, 
We've spent so much time preoccupied if if we could do it, but more we should have been asking, should we do this? Should we do it? Uh, Jeff Goldblum. Uh, so, yeah, as my uh, convoluted metaphoric friend here alluded to, <laughs> we are into the Pierce Brosnan films. We've done uh, Goldeneye, uh, which for me was, was a game changer. Mm. It was yep. the best by far, by a full 10%. Uh, the best 007 film that I had seen. Oh, uh, and just to refresh my memory, like n- overall number one, like even Casino Royale, like it beat it, like everything. Yeah, yeah. So even wow. Casino, the 1970s one, right? Yes, uh, of course. which we weren't counting, um, right. which I gave a 7.1, uh, wow. and this got a seven, and Golden I got a 7.5. So either yeah. way, it was above and beyond the best 007 film I had seen. Hmm. Didn't fare as well for you, uh, but still no. definitely a we're out of the woods feeling. Oh, yeah. In many ways. Um, and, and like, I think for me, it was GoldenEye was like fourth overall. So, you know. Sure. Still... Oh, yeah. It's still, it was still good. It was still, yeah. didn't beat out Golden, uh, Goldfinger for you. No. Um, you know, but, but anything yeah. with gold in it, really, that's, <laughs> that's what we're learning about ourselves. Yeah. Um, so, Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah. Uh, this one, a title so, that doesn't make any damn sense until you watch well, the film. Well, until you watch yeah, the film. No. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No. Ah. Uh, um, are you going to say something? Yeah, I, I'm going to say this is the one of maybe all the Bond films that I actually saw as a kid. So I actually had some nostalgic memory for better or worse oh, okay. watching this film. Uh, you know, sure. I, I didn't really grow up watching Bond films. Like I had seen snippets of other ones. I've alluded to it in the past pieces and here and there, but like, this is the only one where like on a movie night, I actually saw this one. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. I was, my pa- I wasn't in the family per se that was like I wasn't allowed to watch James Bond films as a kid, but I had an aunt and uncle that were a little more like they were like the laissez faire aunt and uncle, and they were like, Yeah, like let's just have some fun, let's watch fun, cool movies and eat popcorn. And anytime Pierce a- Brosnan, anytime Pierce Brosnan did something inappropriate, which was, lo- which was a lot, they'd be like, yeah. yeah, you know, what he's doing is wrong, and if you have any questions, just ask your parents, but yeah. I was rewatching uh, some of the Jim Jeffries comedy specials on Netflix. I don't know if you oh cool have you seen any of those. No, no, no. Super vulgar. You'd hate them, uh, but I <laughs> highly recommend it. Um, okay. And yeah, and he's talking about like he's talking about celebrities and like sexual harassment. And, you know, like all the Kevin Spaceys and and stuff like that. And hmm. um, and yeah, and he there's a moment where he he's talking about uh, James Bond and how mm. yeah in real life James Bond is a sexual harass a workplace sexual harassment lot like friggin oh yeah liability waiting to happen yes honestly um, that's all I think and uh, yeah and he's got a great and I mean you know the delivery is going to be way off here uh, but he's yeah he does this great he does an English accent and he goes ah oh, I'm here to see Q and <laughs> someone says, actually, you're here to see HR. And like, it, it just, it was so, yeah, it was so That's awesome. on point. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay. So let's get into this. Let's do it. Tomorrow Never Dies. Okay. Uh, plot. Mm-hmm. I gave plot a seven. Uh, cool. Which is the same thing I, I think the same thing I gave it for, for Goldeneye. Mm. Um, you know, I, I... I liked I liked the whole um I like the whole premise of this. I like that, you know, I I think bringing a media mogul into it um and and it it sophisticated it in an easy to follow way. If that sure. makes sense. Right? Oh, so instead very of much. just being about like, oh, I got a big gun, I'm going to blow up the whole friggin' world, like it was <laughs> It was more about it. It modernized the story in a lot of ways. Sure. Um, oh yeah. And it it really covers the the power of media. Hmm. Um. And also the power of like the pow- not just the power of media, but but the fact that we give 
media power. Mm. Right? Uh and and yeah, so I don't know, just that like yeah, that that this guy is and I this this works into the villain a little bit as well, but but that he's using he's able to use media to manipulate the entire world. He's able to create his own news to manipulate the entire world and he essentially doesn't even need to destroy the world because if he prints the right story, the world will destroy itself. Oh, uh, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that to me is just super, it was like he was, it, it was like he was playing the the most diabolical game of chess. <laughs> he was so strategic uh, mm-hmm. and and therefore subtle. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I just I bought into it. I was like, okay, yeah, this is this is this is cool. This is something where I don't know where this is going to go. It made the story not super predictable because it was such a fresh approach. Uh, mm. So I gave it a seven. Cool, yeah. You know, I I gave it a seven as well. Um, pretty much for the same reasons you said. You know, with the various fil- Bond films we've watched, we've watched things on a big scale that are threatening the world, and we've seen some things that are a little less relevant as far as, you know, maybe Bond shouldn't be involved with a drug deal on a street corner kind of thing. So this was a Bond-level problem and plot. So yeah, a to- totally global scale, and, you know, I think it was kind of profound in its own way, um, the most powerful weapon is information and the way information is kind of delivered or misdelivered or, uh, just kind of there, there, there's definitely a, a control aspect there for those in the media power. So, um, I thought it was cool. Um, he's playing both sides really, really isn't truly pushing the, the envelope as far as what he's doing directly, but he's definitely playing both sides and kind of letting, letting the chaos ensue and, profiteering from that so i thought it was i thought it was uh, like you said simple enough to follow i wasn't confused at any point but it was it had some some roots and some interesting concepts and i thought it was worthy of a seven cool yeah uh so betrayal of bond just like last time i gave this an eight i mean it's pierce friggin brosnan man I know there's a lot of there's a lot of Pierce Brosnan 007 haters, uh, which which is a side note. I like everyone has haters, yeah, and oh, every yeah. not everyone loves every actor. But I was surprised with how many people do dislike Pierce or um, yeah Pierce Brosnan. I, I've yeah. just you know had conversations in passing with someone and kind of drop my jaw from time to time when I go oh like okay not everyone thinks he's better than Roger Moore or Sean Connery, insert blank. Sure. Uh, but I see the people who, the people who say, uh, the people who say that he's not better than Roger Moore, I don't know where to start with. Like, I don't, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to communicate to you in a non patronizing manner. Uh, you know, but if you tell me that, if you go to argue that Sean Connery is better, you know, something there's something to say for being the OG. There's oh, something to say yes. for having built the franchise for yep. you know, and there is and I I don't have a word for it. I can't place exactly what it is. Um but there there was something about Sean Connery uh, that I don't feel like we've had since. Uh, mm-hmm. it just, just, and I don't know what it is. Um, but there was just sort of a a a, a bit of a, a suave kind of. I don't know. He just he the, the, he is Sean Connery in his own ways was spectacular, creepy AF, but oh big time, big time, but spectacular at the same time. And so Spe- spectacular you know, but, and yeah, like it's just overall like of every 10 things he does, sure, seven or eight of them are creepy or inappropriate or just scarring, but right. he did have his redeeming qualities. Yeah. Like those one or two things out of 10 where it's like, that's interesting. That's trend setting that, you know, yeah. just something about it. Oh, for sure. Um, but I think we can all agree 
<laughs> that if you think Roger Moore is better than Pierce Brosnan, then your mother doesn't love you. And that's <laughs> like, you know, it it's just unfortunate. Uh, Funny no, enough, know, no, we're going on a bit of rabbit hole, but I have to mention oh, yeah. this. I just recently had a conversation like uh, it's kind of came to a head today, but it's been going on for a while where a huge person, a person I know who's a huge James Bond fan, as she knows that I've been going through this series and she's kind of asked me throughout, what do you think here? What do you think there? And now that we're done, Roger Moore, I'm like, yeah, don't like him. He sucks. And the, the gate, the spectrum of the conversation started with like, she was like, what are you talking about? I can't believe this to now today. She's like, you know, the more you talk about it, I do kind of think he's not the best. And I'm like, you've covered, like I'm convincing her, like I'm bringing her to the light. And I, I found it very gratifying. I mean, yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't think <laughs> there's a, a greater service that you can do for her soul. <laughs> Uh, does she listen to the show? No. Off and on, yeah. Okay. Well, increasing that is something else you could do for her soul. It's mm. even better than... The movie man is better for you than chicken soup. Print that on a shirt. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know, Pierce Brosnan, he's he's gorgeous. He's rugged. He's, uh, you know, by today's terms... Yeah, to, I mean, he's totally a misogynistic, sexist asshole. Um, 100%. But, but that's, I mean, that's the character. And, and he's, he's playing it really well. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, we've reached the point in a lot of ways where James Bond is, is, is almost, and I mean, we could do a whole episode on the ethics and the morals of, of James Bond and the character and the message that's being, you know, like that's, that's a whole, that's a whole thing in and of that's itself. That's a whole series, yeah. Um, but 007, James Bond is essentially a character from a beer commercial. He really is. He's, he's, <laughs> he's a fantasy that is being um, yeah. projected onto, to the, you know, stereotypical masculine type demographic. Um, you know, this kind of women are throwing themselves at you. You look good no matter how much of a fight you've just, physical fist fight you've just gotten in. Your hair's still perfect. Um, all of these things. And and Pierce Brosnan really embodies that kind of perfectly. Um and so, therefore, for what he's supposed to be, I give him an eight. Yeah, it's. I I completely agree. There's there's two sides to it. There's, <laughs> it's yeah. I don't know how much of a rabbit hole I want to go down, but it is it is sometimes ridiculous at times how how ridiculous just it is. It it is not realistic in any way, shape, or form. But for what it is. I gave Pierce Brosnan a 7 out of 10. Um, I appreciate for him for what he is. He brings entertainment. He brings um, kind of a, a joy to the viewing experience. Um, it, it wasn't any, any different with this film. A um, couple of specific things. I, you know, there were some things where I... We're not quite where I'd want to be, maybe from character development. Um uh, you know, I think there was maybe some potential and I maybe would have given it a higher score. Um, if this had been the case, you know, he meets up with a, a past fling, a past romantic fling, and there's some emotional ties there, but it, it kind of gets cut off like right almost before it starts. So it's, it's, um, it's hard to give it any higher than a seven for me, but I totally see you having an eight. That's fair. And, um, cool. just what he did with the role. It, it was fun. It was fun. Cool. Um, villain. Uh, so this is down a little bit. Last time, last time we broke records. Uh, I gave Sean Bean's Alec a uh, a nine. If you can't was... break records with Sean Bean, when can you break records? Exactly right. Uh, so this came down a little bit, but it's still an eight. It's still, okay. you know, uh, the I'm, the name of the actor is escaping me right now. Um, Elliot, oh, actor or the um, 
the character. The actor. The actor that plays oh. him. Um, oh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dad. Yeah. I'll find it. You keep talking. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so he, he... It worked for me because he's got a gimmick. And I feel like a Bond villain needs a gimmick. They need something that makes them not just anybody else, right? They need something that either enables them to go head-to-head with Bond in a way that other people couldn't, um, or some real traumatic past thing. This is why they're, this is why they're, you know, emotionally or physically scarred in a certain way. Um, you know, with Alec, it was, it was, he was part of, part of MI6, and he, and he, he was Bond's partner in a lot of ways, and maybe there was some betrayal there, you know, all these things. This, he's, he's, again, he's the media mogul. He's the kind of pissy Steve Jobs. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, and he just, I don't know, it, it, it just worked for me. It was, it was, um, again, it was exciting. It was unique. He stood out as a villain. He's a villain that I'll remember versus, you know, we've done 20 of these things. This is the 20th one. Um, and of those 20, there's maybe five, maybe six villains that I can remember, that I could tell you a little bit about right now. But there's like 14 or 15 that I cannot remember for the life of me. <laughs> sure. I just don't remember them at all. Yeah. Um, and this is one I'll remember. It, something mm-hmm. that had me, something that popped into my head while I was watching this, though, it has been far too long. And I'm very upset with how long it's been since I saw any representation of Spectre. Mm. Right? Spectre, like to mm. me, that was just, yep. it was the, it was the, it was the yin and yang. It was the, yep. the, um, you know, if, if James Bond was Inspector Gadget, then Dr. Claw, that was, that was Spectre, right? It sure. was the, the Sith to the Jedi. It was the obvious go to, you know this this friggin' whack a mole that we just can't keep down, uh, with Spectre, and it's been, God, it has to be almost, if not ten films, since we've seen Spectre or anything related um, to Spectre. I don't think we've seen it since that ridiculous death of Blofeld. They kind of killed Blofeld by dropping yeah. him down a smokestack. <laughs> and I, I don't know if we can even really count that. No, and, and and but I don't think we've seen or heard anything mm. about it since. Right? No, right, right, right. They just kind of abandon everything in that moment. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I that's that's I I kind of a sore spot for me. I want my Spectre. <laughs> to me, there it mm. it exhilarates me. It excites me that I know that there is a Bond film on the horizon mm-hmm. titled Spectre. Could just because be a coincidence, like maybe it could be. you it know, could be, you know, just a weird like someone forgot. <laughs> someone was like, you know, we need a name that that means nothing to any James Bond lore. What should we call it? Uh, but my money's on the fact that that's not the case. Yeah, no, that's uh, fair. But yeah, yeah, so I I gave it an eight still. That's cool. Well, we'll stay tuned. I'm interested to see if it returns and uh, if and when it ever does what you'll think if if it happens uh you know i was maybe a little bit more hard on scoring the villain um i think just i tried to view it as this film as a just trying to enjoy it but then there were times where i was trying to critique it and i i felt like elliot carver who was paid by jonathan pierce um i think he just came off a little bit too farcical for me so i gave him a four out of ten and I'm wondering if that was a little bit too hard because I enjoyed where what he did from a plot-wise perspective, but there were just some scenes where I don't think it hurt the film, but just hit ranking him alone, he was just kind of a little bit more on the corny, kind of cheesy side. Um, you know, ultimately, um, I don't I, like I said, I don't think he hurt the plot, and everything he did, he was very calculated and and precise. 
Um, but I think it was just a little uh, fake and corny at times with just how much power he had. And, you know, he could just do it at the whim of just hitting enter. And then he's updated papers across the world. And it just seemed a little corny. But okay. that's what I gave it. That's fair. Um, gadgets. Gadgets. Here we go. Here we go. I, I gave this a seven. Uh, I really liked it. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't know how you can't love. I mean, Q's 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 interaction with Bond and the whole gadget mm. sequence is as good as it ever is. Uh, the car, the remote control car. I mean, if we talk about nothing else, let's talk mm-hmm. about this remote control car, please. Uh. And, th- and this will tie heavily into, this is going to come up again in a minute when we talk about fights in action. Sure, um, yeah. But the part that I can talk about it strictly in the gadgets category is when he he shows the, like, here's your cell phone, and the cell phone controls the car. Uh, the cell phone does a bunch of things, right? To, sure. Like, shock you. It's, basi- it's basically an early smartphone. Um, but, uh, but Q goes to sort of do a demo for Bond and is like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is, this, this is how you operate at 007. Uh, and he like backs it up and like smashes out the taillight on it. Like very jerky, very jerky. It is quite difficult to use and hands it to Bond. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, he's like, well, let's, let me try it. And he takes it (laughs) and... And is like doing donuts around the friggin' hangar and all this stuff. <laughs> all uh, to the 007 theme. All to the 007 theme. And then he just looks at Q with sort of a smart ass year old and, and out of touch Q kind of way. And says, uh, I think we understand each other. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, man. Like something about mm. it was just golden. Something about that was like, this this is a this is a this is a sexy gadget this is a gadget that uh is is it's got so much practicality mm-hmm. right oh, yeah. like yeah. oh double yep. you know as opposed to the the old days where oh double o seven this this may look like your everyday cinder block but it will also light your cigarette if you're in a fix like and it's like <laughs> oh, well fantastic yeah like these those gadgets where you can think of like maybe one practical application and like if seven other factors line up for it to be used right where where is literally a remote control car uh, oh yeah if shit hits the fan in so many ways be very very useful very yeah uh so i gave gadgets a seven i was i was sure over the moon Heck, even if it's not like a sticky situation, these this is prior to Uber Eats days. You can just get your food and deliver it yourself to your door. Like there are so yep. many applications. So many. I gave it a seven. I thought it was great. Very similar to you. Aston Martin is back A, which is great. B, the remote control aspect is amazing. It also had so many security features. So the car shocked people that touched it. Unauthorized people. Um, it was immune to sledgehammer swings. Um, there was a sequence where he was driving it, you know, drops nails to flatten tires of cars pursuing it, self-inflating tires when th- its own tires became flat. Um, throughout the movie, we saw things like fingerprint scanners, Bond's cell phone had some po- pretty cool features. Um, and yeah, everything about it was fun. I, I'm, I picked up everything gadgets laid down in this one. Of note, another Bond film again, this is two in a row where he's driving... He, you know, the Aston Martin was there, but he was mostly driving a BMW. So I, I feel like BMW got in on like some pro, like some advertising deal with the Bond films and they just took a boatload of cash. Oh, yeah. And said, sure, we'll put your BMW in here, which, which is fine. I get it. You got to make money as a film, but it's still like it's okay that he's driving a BMW, but I feel like he should be driving an Aston Martin more, more often anyway. Cool. Maybe they'll maybe a day will return while that happens. Maybe that'll happen. One can only hope. Mm-hmm. Um fights in action. Mm-hmm. 
So this also got a seven. Okay. Um, super action-packed opening scene. Uh, yes. Like yes. Just high energy. Okay, like you just we just we, it opens up and we just jump right into it. Nothing um, says nothing says a good fight in action sequence like a terrorist arms bazaar in Russia. Exactly. You know, the perfect way to start a morning. As, as my grandmother used to say. Um, the best part of waking up. Finish it. Is a Russian arms bizarre. There you go. You uh, yeah. Uh, you know what? But again, what this comes down to for me, that whole sequence of him lying in the back seat mm. with the car chase in the parking garage. Yep. Was... Like I, the scene ended and that's when I realized how far forward I was sitting on the couch. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Are you, like I was are you being like in with excitement s- straight up? Like you're, you're legit, like physically oh, yeah. that was a thing. That's yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Like that, physically oh, I had man. moved forward and was increasingly moving forward and getting like sweaty palms and stuff. Oh, excitement during this scene and then the scene ended and i'm like what the hell am i doing over here (laughs) what am i doing leaning on the tv screen i had to migrate yeah yeah that's cool Uh, but yeah gave it a seven very happy very cool okay i was exactly the same i gave it a seven as well solid um within the realm of modern day intensity and entertainment as far as action sequences go um for me less cgi obvious um and you know there were some scenes in goldeneye that just for me you know kind of were like a bit of a sore thumb that didn't age quite as well for this film not any sequences like that i i whatever they did i was okay with at the various points um it, it was a little corny at times you know the 90s variety of corny of action films so you know like you have a, a car crashing into a fireworks cart and then you know the villain blows up or the henchman blows up. So there are little things that it kind of leaned into for the time and the era, but uh, it's still solid seven out of 10. Yeah. All right. Uh, what do we got? What do we got? Bond we got girl. the BG, the BGs next BG bond girl. Yeah. I give this a six, which is above average. Um, I'm considering the bond girl. I'm gapping on her name, but the, the, Ex Wayland? lover, oh, wife Paris of Carver. Elliot. Yeah, par- yeah. Okay. Uh, because I mean, really, that's the one he he was he loved. That's the one. Yeah. You know. yeah. Uh, as much as Bond can love a woman, yes. Yeah, and you know, I think as much as the ruthless slaughtering of her provided great motivation for Bond, uh, we just didn't get, we didn't get enough time with her. No. To really, you know, I think I think she was killed off too soon. I just didn't care enough. I was like, oh, yeah, like, that, that's brutal. That's, you know, cold-blooded. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't, you know, it wasn't like a great end of the film sacrifice or, or loss. It was kind of like halfway into the movie that she dies, and we'd only seen her mm. a handful of times. And so I was like, eh. <laughs> Right. You know, so right. you married a creepy old sugar daddy, but your life seems <laughs> like, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I, I just didn't sympathize with her enough. Sure. Um, so I only, yeah, I gave her six. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I, I gave it a four out of ten. I kind of did a bit of a twofer. I did count her, Paris Carver, and Wei Lin, the other uh, agent. I kind of counted them both as Bond girls. Paris Carver, I feel like you're right, significantly was more of a Bond girl just because Bond, you know, loved her and her murder kind of propelled the, or pushed forward the plot. But yeah, she, like she, I don't have a number in front of me, but it feels like she maybe had like three minutes of screen time. Like she really wasn't there a lot. Um, Wei Lin, so the other agent that he does spend more time with and, you know, obviously less chemistry just because no, there's no like a past medical flame with them or <laughs> not medical romantic i don't know why i said medical um you know it was a decent pairing with bond she kind of was a good match for him kind of was independent self-sufficient um she worked alone but they did kind of team up at times so um 
I overall I gave it a four out of ten. Not because they were bad, but just the romantic uh, past love flame really didn't get much screen time. And Wei Lin, they kind of had some good mojo, but it, again, really, it wasn't based on much like emotional, strong story lines. So uh, I just kind of was a little below average for me. Okay. Uh, supporting characters. Okay. I gave this an eight, uh, which is really high. Um, yeah. but it's also down a little bit from what I gave supporting characters last time. And I think mm. the only difference being I didn't get the same level of, um, I, I was just less taken with, with M this time. Sure. Judy Dench is still wonderful. It's still oh, yeah. my favorite portrayal of M. But just M, mm-hmm. you know, M really with her whole sass and fighting back with 007 uh, in Goldeneye, that really caught me off guard and that really intrigued mm. me. And I'm like, ooh, like she's really going to go toe to toe and give him a run for his money. And yeah, she's, mm-hmm. she's got a couple of quirks that she, you know, shoots at him in this one, but it just didn't, it was a lot less memorable. Um, <clears throat> cues in this again, like the, mm-hmm. the the cue that we know, the cue that we love. Mm-hmm. Yep. And again, I feel that egg timer kind of mm. running out. I don't know <laughs> if this is the last time I'll see him. I don't yeah. know. I know that at some point coming up, mm-hmm. John Cleese becomes M or Q. Right. Q. Yep. Alphabet's hard. Um, <laughs> maybe he does become M for an episode. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, and and I just don't know. There's t- there's two things I don't know. Sure. One In the whole world, only two things. Only two things. These are the last two. Once I have peace, <laughs> I will be able to finish my book series. Um, I know everything. Which is basically a superior version of the encyclopedia. Um, <laughs> but. So the two things that I don't know surrounding Q sure. is okay. when that happens. I don't know when the actor that we have now, mm. yep. you know, shoves yeah. off. Oh. Uh, and I don't know if they are going to acknowledge it or pretend that it didn't happen. Right? Like, M, when M, when the actor who plays M changes, we acknowledge it in the films. We go, oh, your predecessor. Yes. Your predecessor yep. kept cognac in the top drawer, which is, I prefer bourbon, or whatever it is, right? Mm. Um, we acknowledge that. And I'm hoping we acknowledge it. I'm, I'm hoping we have, I'm hoping when, when cues change, I hope the character, not just the actor, I hope the character dies. Um uh, mm. And I hope that, because, like, what a great opportunity. We've kind of had this cat and mouse sibling rivalry um, mentor-mentee kind of relationship with Bond and Q all these years. And mm-hmm. so I hope that it's kind of like this, like we we use it as an opportunity for a sad emotional moment for Bond. Um, mm-hmm. I think that would be really great. I'll be a little miffed if it's just like, oh, Q, how's it going? And now all of a sudden it's John Cleese. And you know, like, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so I don't know, we'll see. But those are the two we'll things see. I don't know. I gave it a seven. I gave it an eight. Uh, yeah, sure. could have been worse. Could have been better. Uh, I just felt that some of the M stuff was lacking a little bit this time. And what do we do? Yep. Like now that you know, Felix got married. His wife is dead. He had his wisdom teeth out. Now he doesn't matter. Like where's <laughs> Felix? Is not a thing anymore. All right. <laughs> I just gotten on board with. It took me eighteen, nineteen films to get on board with Felix. Yeah. The hell? Where is he? Uh, but yeah, right. I give it a six out of ten. Supporting characters. Um, Ooh, on got on Q on Q's merit alone, I probably gave it like a seven or eight, and somewhere else I gave like probably a negative number. I'll get to that. But Q was so brilliant. So for those um, listening, obviously it was so awesome. James Bond is at the airport, and up to this point, we haven't seen you know the traditional. Here's Q going through the lab. Bond shows up at the Avis car rental station and the agent who comes like comes up is Q in like an out uh, like Avis uniform and I was like this is brilliant absolutely brilliant I loved it um and 
you know, goes through everything kind of like an insurance agent and like, you know, I'm assuming you'll need, you know, the, the usual damage insurance and this insurance and, you know, ends up like, please, you know, try and bring it back in good condition, 007. Oh, grow um, up, 007. Yeah. <laughs> everything about that sequence I loved. I loved him is like the mock Avis car rental agent. Just made it for me. Where where I think it got a negative mark, everything else was just kind of blah for me. Um, there's this Wade dude who's, I, I don't know if he's CIA or FBI or whatever he is. He I guess up, CIA. He was in GoldenEye too, right? He was in GoldenEye. So I guess yeah, he's kind, kind of, of over him. I was over him like before he even showed up. So he, he's a recurring character now, I guess. Um, and I feel like he's kind of a rewrite replacement for Felix Leiter, which I'm like. not, which I don't like, I don't like Wade. I want Felix back. So yeah. The only guy worse than this guy is the stupid hillbilly cop sheriff that kept showing up (laughs) two or three times. Why did he exist? Which, which, spoiler alert, I'm going to pop the the bubble now. That guy does not have like a modern day rendition. (laughs) Like, good. You know, Q, you, like you said, he's probably going to close off pretty soon. We know that. And, um, you know, M had a newer rendition with Judy Dench. Hillbilly and you know Felix Leiter, we'll see he he comes back. But Hillbilly, redneck, racist, scumbag sheriff, thankfully just stays back in the sixties. Yeah. Um. I, so yeah, overall I, supporting characters. I just got don't a get. Six. It. I just didn't understand. Like, and then he shows up coincidentally <laughs> in another country, and like he's just Thailand or something. Racist, ignorant, and stu- like what? <laughs> Why? Like what? purpose do you serve in the advancement of this story like or maybe you get a couple cheap laughs from people just laughing at you but again like it just added nothing to me yeah again why i'm so happy i'm done with those films so supporting characters gave it a six out of ten did you catch the 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 seedling of a star early on in this film he's this modern day star but he he was just a side character uh random in this film i don't think so so the beginning where the ship that sinks the hms devonshire we see some do you remember who played leading seaman that's a weird question no i don't (laughs) no nor nor should you but i did notice it uh this is the only time i noticed it when i watched it the other day i'm like I paused the screen and rewound it with my wife. I'm like, that looks like Gerard Butler. And it was oh, really? Gerard Butler. He was, he had like a line and he said to the captain, they go, there's something like a one line and then that's all he had. But he's like, yeah, incoming missile, 20 meters or something. And then that was it. And just, it was a real glance. I'm like, that dude looks like Gerard Butler. Looked up the IMDB. It was IMDB. It was Gerard Butler. Wow. So. Mm, I think it was like his second official film credit. Right. So he's a so, nobody at this point. Like he's just he, he, showing up he, as an extra. Yes. He paid mm. to be on that film. Right. He wasn't friends with the president at this point. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, final category, Bond song. Yes. A, a, a yep. category that I've given a lot of hate to pretty much ever since Live and Let Die. It, it, that, living that die ruined all the other songs for you. I gave this a seven. Whoa. Uh, so still could have been higher. Sure. Uh, but you know what? I, it just, it was a little more memorable. Um, Cheryl Crow performs it, which is kind of like a blast from the 90s. Cheryl Crow. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, but it wasn't, it wasn't just the song itself, the sequence. So refreshing. Instead of just like, and mind you, we get you know naked silhouettes and whatever else. But mm-hmm. this like X-ray thing that they do, they did this whole sequence mm. where like half of the stuff was was X-ray of guns shooting bullets and like all of this really cool, fun, captivating. Not just oh, okay, it's more of the same. Let's go get popcorn. Uh, <laughs> there was actually a new. Someone was like, hmm, what if? No, 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 hear me right. out. What if we don't just rinse and repeat this time? Yeah. 
And someone's like, okay, Jerry, fine. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, and and I think it I think it paid off. So I gave this a seven. I was I was I was really genuinely surprised. Uh, and honestly, man, tomorrow never dies is a song that I may even you know may even find its way into my Spotify. Wow. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is this is good. This is it's got kind of a. Uh, secrecy, but also sexy kind of feel to it. Um, yeah. and that's, I mean, those both are important <laughs> components, I feel like, in, in a good Bond song. So I give it a seven, mm. <laughs> right? Uh, no, absolutely. That that's cool. Um, I, I gave it a bit lower, and I'm looking at it again. I rank these immediately after I watch the film, having a few nights to sleep on it now. I wonder if I was a bit difficult or uh, scrutinized it a little too much. I gave it below average, but just barely below. I gave it a four out of 10. Again, had the appropriate tone, the appropriate feel. So led up to a good, uh, you know, it build, built up the kind of the atmosphere leading into this film. So it did its job. Um, maybe a little too cyber heavy in the montage and graphics but you know maybe that's just appropriate for the time and the era um, it was a movie about it was a movie about digital media and about eh? information and, and yeah you know, yeah i don't know man you gotta start yeah, sleeping on this shit <laughs> the opening scene though that led to this song but the opening action sequence leading into this song obviously was dope all the music yeah. throughout the film. And I loved the 007 theme actually used in sequences and when Bond is like remote controlling the car. Other than that, the soundtrack was phenomenal. So Agreed. very good. I have I, some I have some zingers. So do I actually I have one written down this time too, and I don't Ooh. normally participate. No. That's usually so. a me thing, so I'm 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 excited. Yeah. So these I, these two are like I've just known because again I've seen this when I was a kid so I, I'm more familiar with some of the lines in this film so these two I knew they were coming so I like I got like I poked the wife I'm like get re- get ready for this one like bu- buckle up get, like it's coming pay attention so probably I'll go I'll go with the weaker one first the, I love the sequence where Money Penny's on the phone with Bond. And kind of like a teenage girl on the phone from the 80s. She's like just flirting with him and just kind of giggling. And then as soon as the phone call is is done, like she turns around and M is just gloating there looking pissed. And Money like Penny's like... parent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Money Penny's like, don't ask. And Q's like, don't tell. Yeah, that was I good. Absolutely that loved. was good. Just like boom, 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 tit for tat. Loved it. Yeah. My my favorite one-liner, maybe of all the Pierce Brosnan, but for sure of this film, love this. So there's just an action sequence that finished. They're in a newspaper factory. Yeah, Bond yeah. This is, is the one I have written down. Is this the one you've written? Oh, I love that you wrote this down. They're fighting each other. Bond throws a henchman into like a conveyor belt with with newspapers. So yeah, like it's a literally this press thing, printing press thing. Correct. Yep. Yeah. And literally, like, this henchman's blood is just splattered all over the pages of these newspapers, and they're flying in the air. And Bond, without missing a beat, just goes, they'll print anything these days. Yeah. Oh, I my love gosh. That. And it's so... And what what I love about this line, particularly, not only is that mm-hmm. it's quirky and, and witty and whatever, sure. this is one of the first times that we get one of these lines, and nobody else is around to hear it. Like, yeah, oh yeah, that's normally true. he says something like this and I'm thinking, "Oh yeah, you're trying to get in her pants or oh, you're trying to <laughs> show off in front of your buddy." He just he yeah. just did this one for him. He just it right. was just a self-satisfying one-liner that, you know, he he was like monologuing to himself. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> "What a freaking ball of cheese." <laughs> you totally know like when he was off camera he wrote it down as like yeah i'm, sa- I'm saving that one for later yeah, boy. Save that right okay say that one again next time someone's around <laughs> yeah. yeah actually sorry i will say this one more because this actually there was one more not as good as these two but i thought it was funny when carver the main villain who's a medium mogul has bond captured and he's going on you know like we're going to torture your ass and we're going to we're going to hurt you and torture you and Bond just goes in there like a dagger in the side and goes, I thought watching one of your TV shows was torture enough. 
<laughs> which is just like a it's just a low blow. Like if, if oh, your yeah. thing is if your thing is news and whatever else, that's like no. <laughs> there's there's things you don't there's things you don't poke at. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if I take all my scores and I tally them up, I get a resounding seven point two five. Seven point wow. Um which I would probably round up to 7.3. Sure. Uh, which places it not quite as good as Goldeneye, but it's a solid second place. Um, yeah. Still, wow. still, you know, leaps and bounds, more exciting, more interesting, more watchable than most of mm. what I've seen. Um just a couple of things, you know, I think really what it comes, honestly, what it comes down to is a villain, right? I think that's sure. what edged edged out this one when it came to Goldeneye was Sean Bean. Um, oh, you know, yeah. Just made that one a little bit better. Uh, had this one had Sean Bean and, you know, and the music that I liked better and and the, the stuff with the car, then I think this one would be the clear winner. But the absence of Sean Bean or the absence of, of as strong of a villain, just knocked it down a little bit. Still a super mm. solid entry. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, I gave it a 5.75. So on my scale, that's good for third best. And, you know, that I, beats out I'm okay with that. What's that? Did it beat out Goldeneye? No, uh, oh, actually, 5.7. It did. Goldeneye wow. was 5.5. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So this is a better, yeah. this is a more quintessential Bond film to you than golden for sure yeah wow. now, i think some nostalgia played into it big time oh sure but which is which is hey that's part is, of it though it's part of it yeah okay so, interesting yeah. cool um ask the dreaded question sir ask it I, before i ask it I actually there's three cool things i want to mention about this okay. film that i looked up and it's on the internet so it has to be true mm, the first just like that thing about first, me <laughs> the first is this film was um, quite financially successful. Apparently, they like the MGM threw a lot of money into it. Apparently, it was released around the time that some of its stocks went public, and they wanted to kind of keep the, continue the roller coaster that was from GoldenEye. So they really kind of wanted to cash cow this thing, and it, it was financially successful. It was the fourth highest grossing film of '97. But it made the unfortunate mistake of opening the exact same day as Titanic, <laughs> which, which not only was the highest grossing film of 97, but like one of the highest grossing films of all time. One of the most lucrative films of all time. It, it, like it's just going up against Goliath. So, <laughs> I mean, Tomorrow Never Dies was not a failure by any means, but it's just like, oh, maybe we should have, maybe we should have postponed or jumped up the release date just to not, yeah, go against that giant but i guess we're all experts when it comes to hindsight i mean essentially that's like showing up for male model tryouts and the other guy waiting <laughs> in the waiting room is ryan reynolds i mean right you can or stick Dwayne around Johnson and you can stick around yeah. and walk the walk the <laughs> catwalk anyways but i mean but you might as well don't bother. leave and yeah. go get your fat ass of frappuccino because you're not <laughs> yeah. this is not your just, day just pull a Felix lighter from Goldeneye or Goldfinger and just go to the nearest KFC. Don't don't even bother. Don't even show up. No, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, interesting point number two. Um, according to Pierce Brosnan, he went on record saying, apparently Monica Bellucci was uh, considered for the role of Bond girl. Uh, but according to Pierce Brosnan, quote unquote, the fool said no. So she was not the Bond girl, but we'll have to keep our eye out to see if she ever returns as a potential Bond character. That's an so. arrogant statement. <laughs> Which one? The fool said no. Like, oh yeah, is it is he saying because of what the Bond franchise is, or because she passed up the opportunity to roll around in the sheets with him? Like, mm. what? No, what no, is no. He getting so, at? so he's getting at. I guess she tried out for the role. They chose someone else. Oh, they chose someone oh, else. So she's saying oh, the fools oh, oh, passed oh. up on this great actor. Oh, okay. Who, yeah. Okay, I get it now. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Last point. Apparently, uh, Anthony Hopkins was also considered again for the role of the villain, and he was considered in GoldenEye as well. 
damn it, just do it. He like, apparently apparently this time he declined because he was um working on the mask of Zorro. Huh. So And we all know how that turned out. <laughs> I don't know if I've seen it, but Ugh. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's like it's like Sean Connery turning down Lord of the Rings to do the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> I just don't I just don't get the script, so there's a ring, right? And he wants to destroy it, but at what point do I pressure the girl into bed? Sorry, are you are you making fun like was he actually offered a Lord of the Rings role? Oh yeah, he was almost Gandalf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sean Connery was supposed to be Gandalf. So okay, and that and being was said, given the script for Lord of the Rings and yeah. turned it down because I quote, he didn't <laughs> get it. He didn't. He didn't get the Lord. He didn't understand it. He didn't listen, think it was made listen, any sense. Sometimes things work out for the better. A, I mean, what a foolish business d- decision on his part. But points like he, Sir Ian McCallan. A1 gold perfect Gandalf Sean Connery no I, you know no I don't I think Proto Baggins <laughs> a wizard is never early nor is he ever late he <laughs> arrives exactly when he means to <laughs> have you seen Moneypenny now take off your clothes and get under the sheets <laughs> like, <laughs> oh exactly he, he, he should not be in the I'm glad the world the world worked out the way it did Yes. Where do, where do you think yeah. Tomorrow Never Dies ranks on the tomato meter of all the current top 26? Top 10. Yeah. Believe it or not, I was surprised by this. It's in the, the bottom tier. Wow. But you said, okay. I See, I've lost all hope. Because mm-hmm. you just finished telling me that this thing performed well financially. It did. So, but apparently. Yeah. Up means down on... and left means right. Okay, yeah. fi- fine. Bottom, yeah. bottom. What do, what do I have left in the bottom 10? In the bottom 10, you've got. Or bottom six i guess yeah bottom six yeah you've got 21 and 22 oh gosh uh i don't know if it makes a difference 21 21 that is it is 21 it got 50 57 percent wow wait whoa what was the score you gave this movie (laughs) 5.75 are you are you you're just You've got some sort of like psychological <laughs> connection with the tomatoes. I control all forms of media, like um, the villain. Yeah, Elliot. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to call you from now on. You should. I hear I say Elliot, and I just think of the moose. So I think of not... E.T. Elliot. Yeah, that too. Elliot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, thank you dearly for listening. This is 101. You're yeah. on the other side of the mo- molehill. Mm-hmm. You are, uh, you know, yeah, we are, we're on the second, second set of a hundred episodes. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. Uh, if you've listened to every episode and up until now, uh, you've got Pete and I beat. <laughs> uh, Good well, for you. Technically, we've listened to every episode while we've recorded yeah. it. Yeah, we listen to every episode. Well, and then I have to edit them and Yeah. And then I you know, we listen I I listen to the show always sort of as like a a research kind of type thing. You know, what hmm. worked? What didn't work? Why oh, why yeah. did that episode feel so good? True. Why did that episode not feel so good? What can hmm. we do differently? Right. Yeah. Um yeah. You know. But regardless, so. thank you for listening, the listener. Yes, thank you, listener, for listening. Uh, it means a lot. It and does. if you want to get in touch with us, or follow us, or have more connection with us, uh, what is what? I can't. I can't think of any ways for you to go about that. Can you? Can, can hmm. you hmm. think of anything? Peter? So, if you want to, if you want to get in contact with us, our home addresses are. Oh no, sorry. Uh, follow the One, links two, below. Three, Sesame Street. <laughs> follow the links below on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please like, follow, subscribe if you haven't done so already. Um, you can also check out our Patreon page below, our merchandise page below. If you feel like supporting the show, helping us pay for the electricity bill, or helping us grow the show. If you're not at that level of support, or even if you are currently at that level of support, 
Also, just give us a like and a comment. We really appreciate hearing from you on the various social media forums. And wherever you're listening to this po- podcast, give us a good rate and review. I wonder what the apartment above Mr. Hooper's store looks like. Hmm. Like, you know, it's still close enough to because you don't want to like Oscar's trash can is not very big. <laughs> Big Bird's nest is rather large, but there's it doesn't there's not a lot of shelter no. options. And Mr. Hooper's store always seemed like a really friendly place. Oh yeah, for sure. Huh. I've got some I've got some some research some to research do. to do. Yeah. Okay. okay. I might be moving. All right. <laughs>